0: those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our meditation on this um, third Sunday in Lent Uh, is sort of a blending of all three readings. Ezekiel 33, 1 Corinthians 10, Luke 13. You heard them read before. I recall just these words from Ezekiel. As I live, declares the Almighty Lord, I don't want wicked people to die. Rather, I want them to turn from their ways and live. Change the way you think and act. Turn from your wicked ways. Do you want to die, people of Israel? 1 Corinthians 10, these things were written down as a warning for us who are living in the closing days of history. So people who think they are standing firmly should be careful that they don't fall. And from Luke 13, but if you don't turn to God and change the way you think and act, then you too will all die. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, died, rose again to guarantee us who believe in him of eternal life, my beloved. I'm sure that right now at this very moment, there are some, if not a lot of people around town who are still in their jammies. And with their slippers on, and uh, probably waiting around till noon when the pregame comes on for the fourth round of the PGA Tournament, or waiting around for the next round of the NCAA Tournament. And I'm also sure that right now, if you were to go outside, you could find some people in our neighborhood who are walking their dog, jogging, pushing the baby buggy or the stroller, You ever wonder what's going through their minds when they hear our church bells ring? What goes on in there? Maybe they're saying to themselves, but you know, there are so many and bigger things in life to be concerned about than church or Jesus. But you know, you and I, we're safe in here. We know what we're doing here, and we know how important it is. But then there are those out there. There, but for the grace of God, go you and I. You could be one of them. But here you are inside sitting at the feet of Jesus only by the grace of God, called by God. And as your pastor, speaking for your Lord, I don't want anybody in any shape or form, I don't want to lose any of you and have any of you revert back to a way of unbelief. And so this morning, what we do is we listen to a bunch of warnings from our Lord God. Ever notice how our lives are inundated with warnings? Be careful for this toy. It contains small pieces which could cause choking for a child. Caution, thin ice. Caution, men working. Pastor Robbie, you know that you really have to lower your cholesterol, the doctor says. The tornado sirens go off. It means take cover. And then there's the one at uh, my brother's lake home. He has a septic tank there. As you go up to the door, the septic cap is right there. It says, removal of this cap could result in death. But you know, to me, those are all neutral warnings. Regulations require signs. They keep people from hurt, from harm, from death. But for people that we really care about and that we really love... Then there are those personal and passionate warnings. Tommy, I don't ever want you to run out in the street like that ever again. How does that sound to the little kid? Like mom or dad are really angry, right? It's always issued out of love. They don't want the kid to die. still remember way back. I don't know, it sticks in your head when you have experiences like this. I think I was in high school, I just got my driver's license. <laughs> we were up with our family in, um, in uh, Minnesota, and we were in a park, and for some reason or whatever, I guess I was responsible for my little sisters who were three and four years old, and my parents were down on the other end of the park, and there was this big grassy circle, and we were there, and all of a sudden my two sisters saw my parents coming, and they were running towards them. Unfortunately, there was a circle, a driveway around there, and they were headed right into the path of an oncoming car, and I shouted at the top of my lungs, Stop! And they did. And I'm convinced if they hadn't, and I hadn't yelled, they would be maimed or dead. It was a warning of passion, and it was personal, and it was done out of love. How about this warning? Repent, for the end is near. I think the world has sort of relegated that warning to a comic street man, a religious fanatic wearing one of those sandwich board signs, a cute character to sort of chuckle at. But that's God's warning for today. Repent, for the end is near. And that means either judgment day or the day of your death. And none of us live to be 150 years old. Repent, for the end is near, is no laughing matter. We're not just talking about physical life and death. We're talking about eternal life and death. God's warnings are for real. And they are done out of love. And when you really look at them, it's really an invitation. First of all, we take a look at Ezekiel's warnings. A bunch of wicked people that he was talking to. Kept telling them they were going to be led away into captivity. Finally they did and they were. Ezekiel spelled it out just like it was supposed to be. He said... Listen carefully. If a person is a believer all their lives and they do all these wonderful things for God, but towards the end of their life, they turn back into unbelief, when they die, they're going to go to hell. On the other hand, if there's an unbeliever who's done all sorts of bad things with his life and towards the end of his life he repents and he becomes a believer in the Lord... God isn't going to remember all the bad stuff that he did. He's going to take them to heaven. That's just the way that it is. The warning is continue to believe and be saved. People came back and they said, that's not fair. (laughs) Like that mattered. That's God's method. In the gospel, Jesus recounts two terrible events that took place. He said, once there were a bunch of Galileans came down south to offer their sacrifices in the temple and the governor, Pilate, murdered them right while they were offering their sacrifices. Then he reminded them of another, uh, you might say, accidental death. A tower in the city around Jerusalem fell down. 18 people died. Jesus said, were those people, did they suffer that death because they were worse than a whole lot of other people? He said, absolutely not. And don't worry about them. Take a good look at yourself because if there's no faith in your heart, then you'll die and go to hell. And then there's the third warning, really the focus of our message for this morning from St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 10. Yeah, a little background there. St. Paul was a mission pastor and he founded this congregation in the city of Corinth and that city was a cesspool. Congregation grew up. St. Paul stayed there about a year and a half, then he left, and then the congregation was filled with all sorts of messes. Some of the members of the congregation were suing each other. There was a case of incest that nobody disciplined. They were messing up the Lord's Supper. They had their uh, fellowship meals, and some people ate a lot, and some people came, and they didn't have anything to eat. And St. Paul said, you know, with all this stuff you're saying, that you can live any way that you want to. You had better repent. And God gives a whole lot of warnings in the Old Testament, which St. Paul now recounts, that you better take to heart. Doesn't mention the first one, but the very first one. And by the way, the story that uh, St. Paul is recounting is when God was so gracious and merciful to send Moses to lead a million and a half people out of slavery in, in Egypt. And after they got, uh, you know, out of little ways, they said, Oh, the Red Sea is in front of us. Now what we're going to do? God says, Well, Moses, you just raise your hand. And the waters parted. And they were walls of water on one side and the other. A million and a half people passed through on dry land in the middle of the night. Got to the other side. They were complete, completely safe. It wasn't too long that they were out there. They said, we don't like the desert. We don't like the wilderness. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink out here? Oh, we wish that we were back in Egypt. At least we had something to eat back there. God sent a plague. Many people died for their doubt. Warning number one. Warning number two, after they were out there in the wilderness for a while, Moses went up to the top of Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. He was gone for 30, 40. People said, he's never coming back. We need a God. They got everybody's jewelry together and made a golden calf and fell down and worshiped it. A lot lot of sexual debauchery along with that, too. Bible says 3,000 people God killed with the sword for their idolatry. Then there was another time where um, God's people were marching up to the Holy Land out there in the wilderness. Some of the men got a great idea to go and and, uh, hook up with some foreign women. Fornication all over the place. said that God said 23,000 men died by God's hand for their fornication and their unbelief. And then shortly before uh, God's people came into the uh, Holy Land, uh, they had to make a detour. And they started complaining and they were so impatient and God sent poisonous snakes and bit a lot of people and they all died. And then shortly before they entered the Holy Land, The people, again, were grumbling. They didn't like Moses as a leader anymore. So God caused the the earth to open up and swallow the people. Many died. St. Paul says, So people who think that they are standing firmly should be careful that they don't fall. Maybe you uh, at this time in the sermon. You say, oh, you know, the pastor was sort of uh, in the mood to teach, uh, preach some fire and brimstone this morning. Let him talk a little bit more and then he'll get over it. But uh, we're, we're living in the New Testament. We're members of beautiful Savior Lutheran Church. We could never commit any sins like that. We're too strong of Christians. St. Paul this morning warns us about spiritual dangers. Take a look at yourself and be warned. God doesn't want us to think that we can stand all by ourselves in this little situation of isolation uh, in in God's kingdom all by ourselves. We always have to be steadied by the chief cornerstone, our Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't want you to, to get mixed up this morning. It's all very true that right now all of us should be absolutely sure that when we die, we will be in heaven with our Lord because of our Savior Jesus Christ. But that brave certainty of salvation always has to be coupled with a humble carefulness and vigilance because if we overestimate our own individual spiritual strength, we may fall. And Scripture is filled up with examples. The Apostle Peter. Lord, though everyone else would forsake you, I will never forsake you. If I would have to die for you, yet I would not deny you. I don't know the man. The Bible talks about a lot of great men of faith who fell into grievous sins. The first king of Israel, King Saul. Saul. A handsome believer. Turned from the Lord. Died on his own sword. Moses, great man. you forgot about it, that he was a murderer. King David. Now there's one. The Bible talks about King David as being a, a man after God's own heart. Yet he was a murderer, a liar, an adulterer. In fact, David left his faith for about a year. And if he would have died during that time, he would have gone straight to hell. But God sent his prophet, Nathan, to point out his sin. And David said, I repent. And Nathan said, the Lord has also forgiven you. You will not die. How about Judas? Started out as a disciple of Jesus. Ended up committing suicide. And we mentioned Peter. Take a look at our lives. We're guilty of the very same sins. Maybe not to the extent and depth of those uh, Israelites out there in the wilderness. Doubt? Worry? Had any lately? What's going to happen tomorrow? Got a doctor's appointment. What's going to happen tomorrow? Uh, What's going to happen the next day? Oh, my goodness, what is going to happen? Idolatry? Idolatry? Dr. Martin Luther reminds us, the first uh, commandment, fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Anything that you've been putting in first place? God's always supposed to be in first place. What have you been putting in first place? Fornication. I mean, everybody knows it in our relationships here, in our own congregation, my own family alike. Uh, Marital unfaithfulness. pornographic stuff all over the internet. And we have the gall to applaud uh, movies that are awarded Academy Awards to which we could never take our Savior. Impatience. You might not say it out loud. You might say it to yourself. I want it. I need it. I want it now. Even though God says, my times are in your hands. Grumble and complaining. Complaining. We complain about our national leaders, our weather, the snow, potholes, our neighbors. All of us would indeed have to say the spirit is so willing, Lord, but the flesh is weak. And we can be tempted and we have and we will fall. But St. Paul reminds us no despairing. Because all God always with the temptation will make a way of escape so that you can bear it. And each time that you fall in faith that you return to your Lord in recognition of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin. And I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea this morning either because some people say, well, how do I know my faith is strong enough? How do I know I'm a believer? How do I know my faith is strong enough? That's an indication that you're a believer. You don't have to worry about it because unbelievers don't worry about any of this stuff. They don't worry about this church. They don't worry about Jesus Christ. They don't worry about the Ten Commandments. They don't worry about anything except maybe themselves. And so what we had before us this morning is a warning to take a look at the history of some of God's children who by continued disrespect for his word reverted back into unbelief and died that way and were lost. And God doesn't want that to happen to us. United we stand. Divided from Jesus we fall. The warning from uh, St. Paul and from the readings today are real. Faith can be lost. But God gives us a passionate and a a personal warning, which is an invitation to stay close to me, your Savior. I don't want anybody here ever joining the crowd out there that I talked about, the joggers and the dog walkers and the people in their PJs and everything who don't know what's going on in here and really don't care. Because, never think about it maybe, but when the job is all gone, and when your health is all gone, and your money is all gone, when everything else is all gone, then it's just you and Jesus. And that's all you'll ever need. Words of St. James, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Isaiah Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Again, Isaiah, incline your ear and come to me and listen that you may live. And that's forever and ever. And God granted for Jesus' sake, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. The peace of of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried... Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.